0: Welcome to another Philanthropy Plugged In podcast, a series exploring the intersection of technology, gender, and giving. My name is Jeannie Sager, and I'm the director of the Women's Philanthropy Institute and your host for this podcast series. Thank you for joining us. This episode is about giving circles and the bold new initiative, Philanthropy Together, a co-designed effort to grow the giving circle community. I am excited to welcome three distinguished guests, Liz Fisher, Marsha Morgan, and Sarah Lomelin to share their insights with us. But first, a little background to provide context for the discussion. What is a giving circle? A giving circle is an intentionally gathered group of individuals who donate time, treasure, and talent through the group and have a say in how funding is spent to make change in a community. The Women's Philanthropy Institute has supported a strand of research on giving circles. The reports are available in the complete research library on the WPI website. Please check them out. This is a fascinating and fast growing area of philanthropy. For example, the number of giving circles tripled in the years between 2007 and 2017, from about 500 giving circles to more than 1600 across the country. There are giving circles in every state and the model has expanded worldwide. After the giving circle session at the 2017 WPI symposium, the panelists decided they wanted to grow the community of giving circles. Philanthropy Together, a new initiative to do just that, was born. Liz, Marsha, and Sarah, I invite you to share a little bit more about who you are with our audience and tell us more about this big idea.
1: Sarah, let's start with you. Hi. Uh, thank you, Jeannie. My name is Sarah Lomelin, and I'm the new Executive Director for Philanthropy Together, um, a five-year initiative, national initiative, to uh, catalyze the collective giving movement. Uh, before that, I spent uh, the last year and a half at Opportunity Fund, which is the largest um, nonprofit micro lender in the country. And before that, I spent some, almost eight years at the Latino Community Foundation where I started the Latino Giving Circle Network. So this passion that I have uh, for giving circles, uh, has been in me for the last decade, maybe maybe even more than that. And I will just leave it like that. Thank you, Sara. Liz? Hi, everyone.
2: Um, I'm Liz Fisher. I'm CEO of Amplifier. Amplifier is an organization that works to ignite, strengthen, and inform giving in the Jewish community. And as part of that, we have a network of around 130 giving circles that we work with.
0: Wonderful.
3: And Marsha? I am Marsha Morgan. I am chair of the Community Investment Network. Uh, we have been around since 2004, and we are a national network of giving circles impacting African-American and communities of color. Uh, we have 19 giving circles currently.
0: Thank you so much, Marsha. And thank you all of, to all of you again for joining with us today. So let's get started. Let's get this conversation going. So I guess, first off, what is Philanthropy Together, and how did this project originate?
1: Thank you, Jeannie. This is Sarah again. Um, And again, you know, Philanthropy Together is a five-year national initiative to connect and catalyze the American collective giving movement. Our big mission, our big goal is to diversify and democratize. Philanthropy. I think now uh, more than ever, it's important to bring people together to support the small, local, community based organizations that are suffering and that are not getting funding from big, you know, from big funders and big uh, foundations. Uh, The giving circles, as you may know, give more locally, Uh, giving circles are more focused on given to people of color led organizations that traditionally get such a smaller part of you know percentage of of donations Uh, what we want is to help the given circle uh movement to diversify uh and you know in the long term what we want is to to be able to rebuild the civil health and civil society that is going to happen after this crisis. Um, From the nonprofit perspective, Giving Circles enable grassroots organizations to access and leverage capital quickly, to diversify their funding resources, and also to create lasting partnerships with local philanthropists. Um, and giving circle members are not only philanthropists, but they are—they become ambassadors of the mission of the small uh, local nonprofits, and they open doors to other funding opportunities. They join uh, the boards of um, community-based organizations, and ultimately, they create positive change in our communities. Um, as you mentioned in your introduction, philanthropy together originated from a group of Giving Circle network leaders coming together and saying, hey, there's nothing, there's not an avenue or a forum or um, a place where the field can, you know, exchange ideas, best practices, resources, learn from each other, and also, you know, share our growing pains, right? Mm -hmm. So um, almost three years ago, this idea was born and uh, our organizational focus is to showcase, scale, strengthen and sustain the American collective giving model. Uh, We really want hundreds of thousands of people to know about Giving Circles. Uh, We want to help kickstart several hundred new Giving Circles, we want to help also existing giving circles develop their grant making practices their membership engagement um you know just to support the field and we also want the the networks and the unaffiliated giving circles to sustain the, their work over the the long term um and i think you know it's uh sorry to be a little expansive on that but that is what we want to do well I absolutely appreciate learning more about
0: the mission and vision for philanthropy together. Um, and as the three of you have come together, be really, I think our listeners would be interested in understanding what was the process to get to this point five and now three years later. Um, or as some of us who have been engaged in this work, how many post-it notes contributed to this, (laughs) this strategy to get to where you are today. Um hi
2: it's Liz I'm going to I'll be happy to take this one um And I love that question about the post-it notes. So this work originated um, through five diverse networks who came together to create a leadership team to build a co-design process. And just a shout out to the Women's um, Philanthropy Institute, my understanding is that part of the way that the folks in that group met each other was through a WPI conference. And so in many ways we've been connected to you all from the very beginning. Mm Um, Those And the process was designed that way from the outset in order to really try to diversely represent the field and bring in perspectives from all across the center, because we really do believe this is uh, philanthropy of the people. Those networks came together. We did a huge needs assessment of the entire field. We convened working groups. We were on Zoom across the country before it was cool to be on Zoom. And we dug into all those details and held uh, two actually convenings to get more voices integrated into the project. This year, we've gone through a really deep dive co-design strategy process with over 100 stakeholders. My gut is that it's been thousands of post-its. I don't have a I don't have a exact answer, but it's certainly been hundreds of hours of Zoom. Um, and because of that, we really feel like we've built not uh, sort of not an organization from the top down, but really a ground up movement of people who've been involved in this work.
0: Thanks, Liz. And that really kind of leads me into this next question um, about clearly this project is an example of bridging capital and bringing desperate identity based groups together to think bigger and boldly. I mean, you've you led with that in terms of, um, of, of the process and in terms of the mission. So how did you manage differences of opinion to reach consensus? Hi Danny,
3: this is Marsha, um, you know, and I love just to share a little bit about that. Um, You know, one of the things that Giving Circles typically use is consensus when we're making decisions, um, just as a group. Um, The beauty of Giving Circles are that they are very intimate and so you really get to learn more about each other. Um, And because we all came from Giving Circles and from networks, we brought that same um, spirit to the work that we were doing collaboratively. Um, We appreciated and recognized that we all had very different backgrounds. Um, and that we did have um, diverse ways of thinking um, personally, professionally, uh, as well as philanthropically. Um, And because we realized from the beginning what our ultimate goals were, if there were times where maybe we needed to ground ourselves, we would think back to what our vision was, what our goals were, what our values are, uh, what our missions were to help in making decisions. Um, we tried as much as we could. We did um, listen with very open hearts and we were very open to different viewpoints from others within our network when we had convenings and brought other people in. Um, and even when it seemed maybe that um, as a co-design team, Um, language or just differences differences where it came to understanding, um, very uh, different points and perspectives came up. Um, We relied on outside counsel. Um, For example, um, the co-design team had a meeting in Birmingham um, and this was actually a very rare time because we um, usually during our meetings do not allow anyone (laughs) um, outside of the co-design team to actually come in and be a part of our process. Um, but recognizing the importance of diversity and, and diverse thoughts, we had uh, my pastor bishop, Venable Moody, actually come in and, and look over and review our mission statement and our goals to make sure we were be- being inclusive and not alienating mm-hmm. people, uh, because we really wanted to, um, as we always say, throw the party that everyone can attend, um, and so. We use that as almost like a grounding and a sounding board, just as a sanity check and to make sure that we were on track um,
0: and and really achieving the goals that we wanted to. Thank you so much, Marcia, and I really appreciated um, understanding how uh, intentional you were in terms of being inclusive. so this is also a project that's a great example of a collaborative effort, and I think there is a nuance between collaboration and inclusivity in some ways. And so we'd love to hear um, from Sara and Liz as well about um, what would you recommend for others to think about in building collaborations kind of beyond
1: inclusivity? Um, yes, Jeannie. This is uh, this is Sarah. I think um, you know, as Marcia said, we wanted to create the party. We wanted to attend. So that was for us number one, and it would be my first recommendation for people: it's have fun. Um, you know, we were all doing this uh, project while having our full-time jobs, and uh, and we had so much fun in the process. I think it was very important to create trust from the beginning. We we became, you know, a, a, a small sisterhood. Um, these six women uh, meeting in, you know, over Zoom every couple of weeks for an hour and a half. We met um, several times in person um, over, you know, pancakes and bagels and tons of coffee and tons of wine too and and we just you know trusted trust each other and 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 became very close to each other um i think it's very important to mention that we're also you know with with thing we're kickstarting a new era of philanthropy and we want to rewrite the rules so um it was important for for us to to create that ambience of deep connections between us um, another recommendation will be to build to building ownership and leadership from the start um, as Liz mentioned this you know this project is the brainchild not only of the co-design team but of you know more than 100 people um, so having dozens and dozens of stakeholders from the beginning uh meant that once we got to actually launching, we already had the buy-in from people and, very, and, and excitement around it. Why? Because people have been part of the process through interviews. We had like around 45 interviews. We had the convenings. We had working groups. So really, you know, building that leadership and always asking along the way, hey, are you still in, Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then another uh, one that I would mention is to be very transparent in every step of the way. Again, you know, going back to the trust um, issue, I think what we did correctly was that we share our draft vision and mission and the strategies from very early on. And you know, we we kept sharing the the different iterations with people, and getting input, and to try, you know, to to include as many voices as we as we could. Um, everything was you know open was a viewable google doc and uh, and we have ongoing uh communication with all all our collaborators outside of the co-design team uh you know we have a facebook group and we and via email we, we established big collaboration there thank you sarah so a couple of things um i'd
0: like to kind of delve into a little bit more especially building on um this idea of trust and transparency and community. So we're having this conversation during an unprecedented time um, in our history around the COVID-19 pandemic. And I'd love to hear about how is the response um, from this Giving Circles community um,
1: and, and, and what you're seeing on the ground yes you know as you said this is uh strange times that we are living and we know that everybody is hurting in some way or another and uh I just started a couple of weeks ago, but we have been doing this listening tour um, with all our networks of giving circles, and the response has been incredible because every every network has been mobilizing their own giving circles. Why? Because people, you know, are feeling isolated, and at the same time, I think we are, you know, um, craving this human connection, and everybody wants to to think how can they engage, how can they help. So, for example, and I will let, you know, uh, Marsha and Liz to share except specific examples from their networks, but, you know, we had a call with uh, Philanos, which is this big network of um women uh, given circles they put together a forum and they make it they made it public so people would uh, could ask questions about what are the best practices at this point? how can we be flexible in our grant making? should we do an emergency uh, grant ma- grant making cycle so I think you know for them it was they have seen a lot of response from their giving circles. Uh, on the other hand, you know the Latino Community Foundation put together the Love Not Fear Fund to support undocumented seniors in the Central Valley of California, and their 22 giving circles are doing this emergency grant making cycle to support that fund. Um, and I will pass it to to Marsha to see if you have uh, uh, another example. So within
3: the community investment network, we have been providing support to our um, network members and the communities that we serve by uh, number one, uh, creating social awareness of organizations that are on the ground doing good work, um, using our social media platforms to highlight not only those organizations, but also small businesses that may be impacted during this time, um, such as um, barbershops or hairstylists or uh, folks within our our network that are entrepreneurs and um, obviously their livelihoods have been impacted. Uh, We are also working with our giving circles to provide emergency aid or matching grants to organizations they have identified in their communities that are doing good work. Um, and that can benefit from those resources at this time. Um, and we're also, you know, like many other organizations, we had in-person convenings scheduled, and we've had to postpone or, or can we had to cancel them. Um, so we've been meeting virtually. Um, and so we have a leadership series for our college students, as well as um, a leadership series that we're putting on for our Guinness circle. Uh, members that's still helping us to have that community and and that type of um, rapport that we would have if we were able to meet face-to-face. I'll I'll pass it on to Liz now.
2: Thanks. I, I think one of the things to me that's been so amazing about this moment is seeing how this mo this movement of philanthropy driven by people it continues to be responsive even when the people themselves are affected and i've had people reach out to me and say you know kind of two questions in one email you know one hey do you know anything about loans in the community for my business which is failing and two where can I give to, to help people who are in worse position than I am? And it's just, I get kind of goosebumps even thinking about it. And I think we've seen that consistently throughout the movement. Um, At Amplifier, we've been focused on two things. One is providing people with training and virtual tools to take what they were doing and bring it online in different kinds of ways, how to, how to have zoom meetings, how to do virtual facilitation, all those kinds of things. And two is how to, respond specifically in your giving to this COVID-19 crisis. Um, you know, curated lists of local organizations, curated lists of national organizations. We created a decision tree to help people think through their giving. We've heard a lot of about um, analysis paralysis the needs are so overwhelming how do i make decisions so we're trying to give people tools to make those decisions the last thing i would say is that i've already seen this the power of philanthropy together the movement and the organization we had early on a webinar about doing things virtually and we not only had people from our network we had a lot of people connected with philonos which is was a member of the the co-design team. We had people from the Asian Women's Giving Circle, also a member of the co-design team. We had several Impact 100 members, another big um, giving circle movement. And I think at this moment when we're all so strapped, we're trying really hard to share resources and
0: work together as much as we can. Thank you, Liz, Marsha, and Sarah, for that very thoughtful response to um, this unique moment in time um so kind of circling back to what you were saying with regards to the co-design team um, and all the different voices that were included um in creating the mission for philanthropy together um what is so this question is for each of you what is one idea you learned from the process that you wish you had known
1: at the beginning (laughs) it's a good question um this is sarah I think, you know, for me, it was an eye-opening that we didn't know the size of the animal we were dealing with when we started this project. I, you know, giving circles, the giving circle feel, the collective giving Movement is so diverse, and uh, and it means so many things to different people. Right, there are so many needs, so such a huge breadth of priorities, and uh, and it's so diverse in the way it operates, the audiences they serve, in how you know each circle or each group define themselves. Um, right, we have. Giving circles. We have chapters. We have affiliates. We have giving projects. So um, groups that they're like, please don't call me a giving circle, right? They don't like the idea of, of of a giving circle definition. So I think we. What was great was that we managed to find the common thread that unite that unite us, all of us, right? And and I think we we define it in this, you know, in this phrase of people-powered philanthropy. That is what we are, is, you know, philanthropy for the people, by the people. We we want to really, um, you know, take... I think maybe
2: Sara is frozen. Um, so... Marcia, you are. <laughs> yeah, certainly, you yeah. know, one of the things I'll mention is that
3: um, I, I didn't know how much fun this was going to be when we got started. You know, um, even though it was a lot of fun, I will admit it was a lot of hard work um, because as Sarah mentioned, you know, um, we could not have imagined how big this animal was going to be that we were trying to build. Um, But I think one of my key takeaways is a reminder of how important just the spark of one idea can be the power behind actually following through um, with just an idea and the power um, of thinking that, oh my gosh, you know, you could build this backbone support organization that can be used by um, different networks and leveraged by new giving circles that are getting started. Um, it's just like it's amazing to think that something that started on the post-it note um, has come to fruition, um, and that there's so much interest um, just from the sector, from from funders, and just from individuals. Um, and so, to me, it's just so powerful just to see how something so small has become so large. And Liz,
2: how about you? Uh, um, yeah Sarah and Marcia took a lot of my um ideas. I think that um, the one thing I would add um, not I'm not sure it's that we wish we had known from the beginning because maybe we we knew this in some ways is um, the importance of having really good facilitation throughout the process. Um, We have an amazing consultant we work with named Isis Kraus from a a, a host firm is called Need Partners. And I think that having um, a project that was so co-design focused and so collaborative, it has been hugely crucial to have really good facilitation and also really strong systems. Um, And I think uh, that piece has just made it Everything from having a really organized Google Drive to having regular meetings, that, that it's helped. the infrastructure piece has helped the
0: process a lot. Thank you so much. So thinking about um, having asked you a question about what you wish you had known from the beginning, now it's time to put uh, your, your futurist hat on. And let's think about what you anticipate the outcomes of this project to be. Um, and what will the Giving Circle Landscape look like in five years as a result of this coming together
1: great this is Sarah again and I'm sorry I think I froze for a minute uh, a little bit earlier internet connection I think everybody in the whole world is on Zoom uh, right now Uh, but I'm back Um, okay so uh, what the outcomes will be and how do we want to see um, the landscape of collective giving is you know for us what we want we have very bold goals. Uh, But first of all, what we want is that this five-year initiative will increase the awareness of the given circle model. It will accelerate the growth of circles, of networks and membership. It will reduce the circle closures that, you know, we know that that is a challenge, and will connect and support and catalyze the field. And if our projections are correct, our efforts will result in three around 350,000 everyday givers in about 3,000 circles at the end of the five years, and the amazing part of this will be that those individuals will be giving close to one billion with a B across the five-year project. Um, Another big part of that is that everybody will see themselves as a philanthropist. And we, you know, purposely named ourselves Philanthropy together to, you know, this, this mystify the word um, and take back, you know, to the roots of the word, which is the love of humanity. Um, and we believe that you know, giving circle participants will feel a lot more empowered to be the change agents in their communities, and will know how to engage actively in intentional in intentional giving. Um, at the same time, and you know, it's the the goal of all giving is to have impact in our local communities. Um, so what we want to see is that there is local non-profit organizations getting an increase in funding uh, getting an increase of civic engagement in given circle members and community leadership because being part of a given circle is also an opportunity for leadership development you learn about the issues of the community you uh break with a lot of power um structure and power dynamics because I think the given circle model creates these trusting relationships between donors and, and and the nonprofits that they're supporting, right? There is like a closer um relationship. And of course, you know, something that is very important for us is to bring uh the voices that are not traditionally, you know, consider in philanthropy, that, we, that voices that have been overlooked, and we want to be intentional in uh, creating more giving circles in, in you know, Native American communities, African American communities, Latino communities, uh, Jewish communities, Muslim communities. We want to bring a more diverse group of giving circles into this, into this project.
0: Sarah, thank you so much. It's just, a, it's such an inspiring uh, movement, not only in its mission alone, but in how all of it came together. Um, so in the last minute or so that we have left, uh, I just w- marsha or, or Liz, do you have anything to add? You know, I'll just add that I think the beauty of, of what we'll have in several
3: years was, you know, birthed out of love, the, the love and camaraderie that started with um, this team of five um, networks coming from different backgrounds and diversity. And I think that this is something that our country needs right now. Um, and I am so excited to know that in, the, in five more years, there'll be so many more connected, civically engaged individuals because of this project
2: um and i'll add this on behalf of All of us um, on this webinar and the movement, just thanks for both having us in this conversation and for the work that you all do at, at WPI. For sure, part of what helped us early on be able to launch this was research and what continues to help us share our message with current and potential funders is research and analysis. And the work that you're doing, I really see goes hand in hand with the work that we're doing. And we're appreciative of all of that and for giving us a
1: chance to chat. Yes, echoing uh, Liz and Marcia's comments. Thank you so much for you know for inviting us to be part of this, and uh, and I will just do an open invitation for everyone that wants to start a giving circle. Uh, Philanthropy Together is, is putting to is putting together an incubator um, that we will be launching next month in May. Um, you know to get this work started so we will be sending information to to you all to share with your networks
0: thank you so much sarah liz and Marsha. i look forward to continuing this wonderful partnership that we have uh started and um thank you for just the inspiration truly what great work the three of you are doing um to make a real difference in 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 our communities Philanthropy Together is an exciting project, and we look forward to learning more as the work unfolds. For listeners interested in following this work, please visit philanthropytogether.org and follow at on Twitter. Sara, congratulations again on your appointment as Executive Director. WPI looks forward to collaborating with you in the days ahead. This episode is part of WPI's Philanthropy Plugged In podcast series, exploring ideas around technology, gender, and giving. Please check our website, Philanthropy Plugged In at www.wpisymp.iupui.edu for more information about all of our activities and podcasts. For Philanthropy Plugged In, I'm Jeannie Sager, Thank you for listening. Philanthropy Plugged In is a production of the Women's Philanthropy Institute at the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy at Indiana University Purdue University at Indianapolis. Music is provided by Localize.